0: Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, what does a winning culture look like on the professional level? That plus a whole lot more on Wednesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, November 22nd, 2023.
1: Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, just win. your team just every win. day.
2: Just win. The autumn win is a
0: raider. Pillaging just for fun. Knock you round and upside down And laugh when he's conquered and won Welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Lockdown Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. To get the latest edition of the show, as soon as it becomes available, of course, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, we appreciate you. In a major way, the show has grown. Uh, We definitely appreciate all the support of the Lockdown Raider Podcast YouTube channel. Of course, the guy that makes it all happen is my man Ari. He does a great job each and every day. You can find him on Twitter, at Ari Produces. You can hit me up on Twitter as well, at your boy Q. We got the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. Those calls and texts will come up in segment number three of today's show. Segment number two, I'm really excited about. It's a conversation I had on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. That's my radio job that I do each and every day from 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific time. And it was about culture. And it became a topic because I heard the University of Texas head coach, Steve Sarkeesian, who used to be at USC, was at Alabama for a little while now. He's the head man there at UT, He was talking about culture and it really hit home, especially when we're starting to look at what uh, Antonio Pierce is doing, what Champ Kelly is attempting to do, what this new staff the last three weeks has done with the Raiders and the way that the team has responded. It really got me thinking about culture around the NFL and teams that look like they're changing their cultures from what it used to be, where it was bad, to where it is now, and it's on a positive uptick. So we'll talk all about culture Coming up in segment number two, here in segment number one, I'd like to get you with the news and notes of the day. As I always do, whatever I'm able to gather from uh from Tuesday or the day before, whatever the case may be. So we'll go ahead and jump right into it after I tell you about the title sponsor, which is Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, no problem. Lowest price guaranteed with Game Time. I'll tell you more about them later on in the show. But let's go ahead and jump right in the news and notes. And off top, the return of an old friend. Last Friday, uh, Jakob Johnson was waived from the Silver and Black to my surprise and a lot of Raider Nation surprise, that, wait, hold on, what's the fullback getting waived for two days before game time? And that was my thing. I was really surprised because they had a game coming up on Sunday. They were going to leave for South Beach on Saturday, and then all of a sudden, boom, they, uh, they waived Jakob Johnson on Friday. Some people weren't surprised. They said, oh, I saw this coming. Uh, he was going to be gone. They're not using him anyway. Well, surprise, surprise. As I mentioned on the show uh, earlier this week and talked about it on my radio show as well, uh, it sounded like Antonio Pierce, when we met with him on Friday, said that uh, Jakob Johnson was going to return sooner rather than later. He's back. He signed to the practice squad on Tuesday, and the Raiders released tight end Jesse James from the practice squad to make room for Jakob Johnson. So I would not be shocked at all to see him up and available on Sunday for the Raiders on the 53-man roster and out there active. So we'll see what happens, but don't be surprised if you see 45 out there uh, at Allegiant Stadium as the Raiders prepare for the Kansas City Chiefs or take on the Kansas City Chiefs in one Jakob Johnson, who is back now on the practice squad. Also want you to hear from Antonio Pierce. The Raiders are switching up their schedule a little bit. We met with them on Monday, had an opportunity to meet with them on Tuesday, Nothing today, nothing on Thursday, which is a surprise because last year they were practicing on Thursday. We did get locker room action on Thursday. That's not the case. On Thursday, they're going to have the day off. Everyone's going to have an opportunity to spend some time with their family, including the coaches and players. So, there will be no media availability on on Thursday at all, but we'll be back at it on Friday. So, Monday, Tuesday, uh, just locker room action later on today. I won't be a part of that because I got my radio show. Thursday, nothing, Friday Antonio Pierce at 1045 in the morning Pacific time and then locker room action later on that day but have a couple sound bites that I want you to hear from AP as we had multiple opportunities uh, to speak with him on uh, on Tuesday and the first one is about the next four out of six games being divisional games two against Kansas City one against the Chargers and the season finale against the Denver Broncos how significant is that for Antonio Pierce I love this answer from the interim coach
2: yeah in our division then three of three out of four at home correct uh, I'm going to start there. Like, having a home field advantage for us is huge. What well, we've gotten the, the last two home games against the Giants and Jets, that has also energized our team. So I'm calling on Raider Nation, our fan base, our alumni to show up and show out, bring that energy, bring that passion. Um, watch these guys play hard, give the effort, execute at a high level, and play with intention to win every game at home. You know, Legion Stadium has to be ours. That black hole has to be real. And – When we make that a conscious effort and a mindset uh, and the fans do the same, it's a hell of a place to play at. So we're fortunate enough that three out of four are going to be at our place. Great opportunity for us in our division with a team that we know very well, and we're excited.
0: So I love that answer. Not only him talking about the divisional games and how they matter as the Raiders are sitting there at 5 and 6, and anything could happen, man. They're backloaded with divisional games. They're backloaded with AFC games. And the way that the AFC is shaking out right now, I know the Raiders are sitting there in the number 12 spot as far as the AFC in the in conference goes. And it looks like they're on the outside looking in as far as the playoffs. But things go right including winning this week against Kansas City. And all of a sudden they get on a little bit of a roll and they finish out strong. You know, they got, again, four out of the last, next six are divisional games. They they really could make a push for the playoffs at the end. And I love the fact that he called out Raider Nation to be at Allegiant Stadium and make Allegiant Stadium a home field advantage, something that they clearly have not had uh, since Josh McDaniels took over. And, of course, it's been sketchy anyway since the Raiders have been here in Las Vegas, but love the fact that Antonio Pierce is urging Raider Nation to be there and turn Uh, Allegiant Stadium into that home field advantage and cheer on the guys and make the black hole the black hole. I I love that that he's embracing what it's all about to be a Raider and, and it's funny when he mentioned that uh, he he took his eyes off the off the media member who asked him the question and focused squarely on the camera. So if you go back and look at it on the YouTube on Raiders.com and check out uh, the video, you'll see where he's really kind of talking to all the Raider Nation, saying, "Hey, be at Allegiant Stadium, make that our home field. I love that. It's always going to have some of the opposing fan base there. I say it all the time. Winning will help change that. This year, right now, the Raiders are four and one." At home. So they're creating all of a sudden a winning habit at home. They need to do more of that. It would go a big way to get a win on Sunday versus Kansas City. Just got a couple more sound bites from Antonio Pierce. Uh this one is about how much emotion goes into preparing for and playing a division rival like they will be doing on Sunday versus the Kansas City Chiefs.
2: Well a lot. I mean they know us. They're on a short week. I mean, they probably have the game plan against us. They know us, you know, like the back of their hand. Uh and the same here, you know, obviously a lot of respect for what Andy has done there, Spagnola. Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey, Chris Jones, they're I me. Mean, they got all pros across the board. You know, it's a challenge. Uh, the rivalry, this has been a team that's obviously won Super Bowls and they're a championship caliber team. They've dominated the division since Patrick Mahomes has taken over. It's our job to, you know, go out there and give us the best fight. But, you know, give them their flowers. They're the defending Super Bowl champions. In regardless of what happened last night, we expect the best from them.
0: So, obviously, Antonio Pierce, he's been with the Raiders on the coaching staff now for uh, a couple seasons. He was hired by Josh McDaniels, so he was there all last year, and he's been there so far this year. He's just been the head coach, the interim head coach, for the last three weeks. But he knows what this rivalry is all about. Uh, he grew up in Compton. He says it. You know, he, he grew up a Raider fan. He knows what this rivalry is uh, between the Raiders and the Chiefs, and it's been one-sided. You know, and I always say to have a rivalry, you got to be able to have some balance. You have got to be able to have both teams uh, be a part of it and win in the in the rivalry. Well, the Raiders need to do their part in winning. Uh, it'd go a long way if they can get that done. It's going to be kind of the theme of the week, right? It'll be a long go a long way if the Raiders can get a, a win on Sunday versus Kansas City at home. At some point, they've got to start. Finding ways to beat Kansas City consistently. It could start at home and then develop on the road, but they've got to do it at some point. And I'll tell you, the, the road game against Kansas City, that's on Christmas morning, 10 a.m. kickoff Pacific time. That's not going to be easy. It's going to be cold. It's in Kansas City, Arrowhead. We all know how that shakes out. So if they're going to have an opportunity to beat Kansas City, it'll be this Sunday, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and then, as I mentioned, they've switched up the schedule. Uh, again, with uh, Coach Pierce talking on Monday and then Tuesday. Normally he talks Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. He talked Monday, Tuesday, skipping Wednesday, Thursday. Then he's going to talk on Friday. So here's Antonio Pierce on if a set schedule for the team is really that big of a deal and important for their success.
2: No, if you've followed me the last three weeks, we've changed our routine every every week. So we're comfortable being uncomfortable. And that's on purpose to have these kind of – uh, situation that's coming up, and there's going to be one in a couple weeks that's going to come up again where we're going to have to adapt and change and adjust to what's going on. So just don't blink. Our guys have done a good job of that. Um, you know, We just take whatever day is given to us and, take the, and make the most out
0: of it. I love what he's saying, man. He's, he's trying to get the team to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I think that that's so important. Again, being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because in a football game, it's not always going to be the way that you set it up. You know the way that the the offense aligns doesn't necessarily mean the defense is going to line up that way. So adversity is going to hit. How does a team react? Well, this is the same as the schedule. You know, we always talk about football players in particular are creatures of habit, so you got to practice at this certain time. You've got to do this. It's got to be very routine. Max Crosby, very routine. That's who he is. Well, if you get these guys out of their routine and still find ways for them to adapt and overcome and improvise, that can go a long way. And he said, hey, if you've been following me the last three weeks, we've been switching up everything, and the guys have been responding. That is going a long way, and again, that's a former player that kind of understands what the situation is. I think that that's really good coaching and situation awareness from Antonio Pierce. Final soundbite I have for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day has to do with Patrick Graham. Here's Antonio Pierce talking about Patrick Graham and the consistency that he's been coaching with when it comes to the defense and putting them in the best position to succeed.
2: Yeah, yes. I mean, you know, Patrick comes from a a system in the background where you're very multiple and do a lot of things. And at the end of the day, you got to adapt to your players and your team and what you can do well. And we've done that now in a year and a half. And I think what, you saw, what you've now witnessed over the last month or so, and I really say the whole season, we've had some bad games and some moments here, but overall, guys have really um, done a good job of listening to what Pat is asking. What's the must? How do we win? Who are trying to take away? What are we trying to execute? And then what is my job? And I think he's really simplified that for a lot of our players and allowed them to play faster.
0: I thought at one point Patrick Graham was going to be the sacrificial lamb, right? I thought he was going to be the one guy that was going to be the fall guy. If uh, the season didn't go the way that Josh McDaniels wanted it to, he wasn't going to fire himself. So I was going to say, all right, well, it's the defense's fault. All right, already moved Patrick Graham from the sidelines to up in the booth. Next step is just to get rid of him. Well, all season long, and I said it, I had a lot of pushback from Raider Nation early on. The defense has been the strength of this team. And it continues to be the strength of this team. And they really showed up and showed out on Sunday versus Miami. Of course, it didn't turn into and result in a victory, but you saw what they were able to do. If they could put that kind of performance in against Kansas City on Sunday, I'll take my chances. And I think that I'm going to roll the dice and go with the Raiders on this one. I'm going to pick the Raiders to win this game just because I feel a lot better about their opportunity against Kansas City based off what they did in Miami. Now, can that roll over? Can they keep that party moving? We'll see. Right. But I, I feel a lot better than I did uh, going into that Miami game about this Kansas City game. So based off that, I'm definitely going to pick uh, the Raiders to win this one. Of course, I got the crossover edition coming up tomorrow. So I'll be talking all things locked on Chiefs and talking locked on Raiders. So we'll see how that shakes out. But there you go. Antonio Pierce talking about Patrick Graham and the consistency of the defense. Uh, Final little nugget that I have here for segment number one uh, is just something that has to do with the NFL related. The Colts announced on Tuesday they officially waived linebacker Shaquille Leonard. Uh, I know a lot of people hit me up and was like, hey, man, the Raiders should go make a move for him. Uh, He's a hell of a a linebacker, and he was a hell of a linebacker. And I would normally say, yeah, yeah, go for him, right? But one, the defense is playing really well. Two, if you go and sign him and claim him off waivers, who are you going to sit down because Diablo and Spillane are playing really well right now, and I know that Diablo is a is an injury risk at times, and he did go off the field on Sunday against Miami, but he did return. And those two guys have been complimenting each other really well, and you're not going to go get a Shaq Leonard to have him be you know, a backup. I, I don't see that. But the other nugget is if a team were to claim Shaq Leonard off of waivers, and this is from Field Yates from ESPN, it would owe him $6.1 million for the remainder of the season. He's under contract through 2026, and he's due in 2024 $16.1 million. 2025 $19 million. 2026 $19.6 million. So – I don't see anyone claiming him off waivers and trying to pick up that kind of a contract. I don't see that at all. I think that at some point he'll clear waivers. He'll go and pick where he wants to sign as a free agent and – uh, they'll negotiate a contract and that pick the team that picks him up, uh, they'll work out a contract and then the Colts will have to pay uh, the majority of his contract that's due to him the rest of this year. And they'll go from there. But I just don't see Shaq Leonard as being that guy anymore. Ever since he's had those back surgeries, uh, he just hasn't been the same dude. And that's unfortunate because he was a hell of a player with the Colts, but Uh, Gus Bradley, the defensive coordinator there, uh, told him that they were going to sit him on the bench. His playing time had already been decreased, and then one day later, they decided to waive him. So Shaq Leonard's out on the market. Uh, He probably will clear waivers today, and then uh, he'll be a free agent starting on, well, Thanksgiving, which will probably end up being, it'll turn into Friday because I don't believe the league office is open on Thanksgiving. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up segment number two, I want to talk about culture, culture, and more culture, and what goes into building a winning culture for the silver and black. We'll do that in segment number two after I tell you about the title sponsor of this show, which is game time. And you know you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event, right? Whether that's a game on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium, or maybe that's a, 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 a musical or a comedy or a theater event or a concert, Right. I know a lot of folks from my radio station went and saw uh, Usher on Tuesday night, a kind of a special behind the scenes event. But, you know, Usher's out here in Vegas. Maybe you're going to try to see him before he performs at halftime of the Super Bowl. Well, you can get those tickets. You can get killer last minute deals all in prices. You can see views from your seat and their best price guarantee. Game time will take the guesswork out of buying tickets it has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts it's the place to find last minute seats you can get exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football basketball baseball and a whole lot more they've got zone deals you pick the section and game time picks the seats for an average of 18 percent savings and the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110 percent Of the difference again, take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use promo code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, use that promo code Locked On NFL. That's L O C K E D O N -N NFL for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed.
1: You're Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: all right, Raider Nation here we go segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast want to talk about culture what goes into building a winning culture for the Raiders and where this came from is I was going through some things as I was preparing for my radio show on Tuesday again Unnecessary Roughness Raider Nation Radio 920 you can always check out that show uh, on the Raiders app it's 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific time would love for you to be a part of the show and check it out Uh, I do it every single day it's a lot of fun three hours long three hours strong but I was preparing for the show and I saw something from Steve Sarkeesian, who's the current head coach of the Texas Longhorns. Of course, my time in Central Texas, I covered the Longhorns and all the teams in the Big 12. Baylor was the the I was the, at the flagship radio station for Baylor, so of course I covered them more than any team. But uh, had an eye on UT all the time, and I'm a fan of Steve Sarkeesian. I liked him a lot when he was at USC. Of course, he got into some issues. That he had to deal with uh, alcoholism, and he had to get away from that, get clean, get sober. He did that, went away to Alabama as offensive coordinator, kind of uh, you know, got his, his life back in order as a football coach, and then got the job at UT. So I, I pulled for him just because I like stories like that guys that you know, were at a bad position and found a way to kind of big, dig themselves out of that hole. So I could really appreciate that. So I saw his presser, and he was talking about culture he was asked a question about well you talk about culture all the time what does that actually mean to you now his answer was about five minutes long i'm not going to let you hear the whole thing because well one he's on the collegiate level we're talking about the pros when you're talking about the silver and black but it's also something that champ kelly and antonio pierce talked about in their introductory press conference so here's a couple minutes of what ut head coach steve sarkisian had to say about what winning culture looks like to him
3: i think the first thing about culture culture is organic It is not a sign up in your building. It's not a t-shirt you wear. Uh, It's not breaking the team down and saying, hey, culture on three. I think culture is organic, right? It manifests itself with the relationships that you build. Um, I think that there's there's things that um, we talk to in our culture that are of the utmost importance. you know, commitment is really important to our culture. Discipline is really important to our culture, right? Um, accountability is very important to our culture. Um, mental and physical toughness are very important to our culture. Love is very important to our culture. Vulnerability is very important to our culture. Transparency is really important to our culture, Um So those, that's just to name a few, but I can't just say those things. We have to live those things. And then we have to have teachable moments along the way, A, to celebrate the guys that are doing those things. B, point out when maybe we're not, and then how can we fix it? And then how do we correlate that? Because who you are some of the time is who you are all of the time. And so if you want to be a disciplined football team when you take the field each weekend, you have to be disciplined when you're off the field. How do you, you know, how are we in school? How are we in community service? All of it all adds up to that becomes your culture because that is who you are. That's how we go about everyday life.
0: So I love that answer. And I think that that was just enough of an answer for you to get an idea of what I'm talking about and what direction I'm going. So as I'm listening to that, I'm also thinking in my head, what places, what teams around the NFL are showing what he's talking about? And I immediately think of Detroit, Dan Campbell, what he's got going there. And I've said it many times that I think that that's what Antonio Pierce needs to try to do is do what Dan Campbell's doing in Detroit. Even what Dan Campbell did in Detroit last year, where they finished the season off strong, they didn't make the playoffs, but they gave that team hope. They gave that city hope. They showed a lot of the NFL that, yeah, we're going to be a tough out every time you play us. And now you see where they're at this year. They're cooking with grease. They're playing some really good ball. I don't think it was a coincidence that Josh Daniels got fired after the Raiders played the Lions. I think Mark Davis saw what Dan Campbell was able to do as a former player and have those, those players in that locker room ready to run through a wall for him. And I think he looked at it and said, I want something like that. And you know what? I don't blame him. <laughs> right? I know you're not supposed to want what the next man has, but I want what they have in Detroit, right? And I think that the Raiders right now under interim head coach Antonio Pierce are building that. I'm not saying that they have that 100%, and I'm not saying that it's going to finish off the season really strong with the four out of six games being divisional games, and they're going to just, you know, go and get nine or 10 wins, whatever the case may be, win four out of six or three out of six or five out of six or six out of whatever. I'm not saying any of that, but through three games, it feels like that's the kind of energy and that's the kind of model that they're going after. Dan Campbell in Detroit. Uh, How about Doug Peterson in Jacksonville? Remember how bad the Jaguars were under Urban Meyer? And it was like, what are they doing there? Trevor Lawrence is a bust. That team is terrible, this, that, and the other. Doug Peterson comes in with a Super Bowl ring and a trophy under his belt with some skins on the wall, and all of a sudden gets that thing turned around. Look where Jacksonville is right now in first place in that division. Who are they going to be battling for first place this weekend? How about those Houston Texans? D'Amico Ryans is the head coach. You know what he was able to do as a defensive coordinator in San Francisco? He gets a job in Houston as a former player, first-time head coach with a rookie quarterback, and all of a sudden they're going to be playing Jacksonville this weekend for first place. There's a good chance Houston's in the playoffs. Again, the culture has changed. They were winning under Billy O. When Bill O'Brien was there, then, of course, he got fired, and there was multiple years of David Culley and Lovey Smith where the team was just bad. And, of course, they went through all the situation with Deshaun Watson, and that was bad. And then they went with situations with the front office, and that was bad. And now all of a sudden, D'Amico Ryans has his team playing well. Uh, these guys are looking like they're running through a wall. They've got a leader in C.J. Stroud, and they're, they're trending in the right direction. And, again, they're playing for first place this upcoming weekend. Hell, the team that the Raiders just played, Miami, Mike McDaniel. I know it's different circumstances. It's not the same style as Dan Campbell. It's not the same style as D'Amico Ryans or Doug Peterson in Jacksonville. It looks different. But you understand what I'm saying. The culture there is changing. You could tell that he's building something where those players want to go out there and play and compete for him. They love what he has built there. That's what it's all about: wanting to have a build an area, a build an environment that players want to go out there and compete. Hell, even Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. I know he's been there for a long time, and I know there's a lot of Steelers fans that are trying to run him out of town. But even he's created a really good culture to the point where they just won with their rookie quarterback getting his second career start and Dorian Thompson Robinson. And and they well they lost this past week but no they no hold on the Cleveland did that sorry <laughs> anyway you see what uh, Pittsburgh's been able to do they've been able to win despite not having a very good offense now they just fired their offense coordinator because they did lose the Dorian Thompson Robinson the fourth round pick out of UCLA and of course out of Bishop Gorman as well but you understand what I'm saying he's been able to find ways to win be above 500 even when he doesn't have a complete team even when he doesn't have a winning team or a very good offense. Kenny Pickett, not very good right now, but they find ways to win games. And the final straw was losing to Cleveland the way that they did 13-10. to 10. So, I mean, even to a certain extent, he has that culture the way it needs to be in Pittsburgh. And I think the final one that I'll tell you about that I think is the one that hits home the most is the one that plays in Allegiant Stadium as well. And I'm not talking about the Raiders. I'm talking about UNLV. And I know that's a college program. I get that. But they haven't been relevant in so long as far as football goes. They haven't been bowl eligible in 10 seasons to become bowl eligible. I don't know if you follow the college game as much as I do. You only need six wins. They haven't got six wins in like 10 plus seasons. Now they're sitting there at nine and two with an opportunity to not only go to a bowl game, they're going to a bowl game and a pretty nice one on top of that. Not only are they going to a bowl game, they have an opportunity to win the mountain West. And I know that that's not the the PAC 12. That's not the big 12. It's not the big 10, right? It's not the sec, obviously, but this coach in Barry Odom comes from the SEC and brought that winning culture with him, the style with him, what he believes with him, his, his ideologies with him, and has created a culture where those players in that locker room want to go out there and play for him, brought in some really good coaches to support him, and all of a sudden they're sitting there at 9-2? and two? This team has not been relevant in years. <laughs> but here they are, really relevant and looking really good. I wanted you to hear from... John McClain, I had him on my radio show, and he was talking about the culture there in, uh, in Houston. You know, I'll, I'll play just a couple minutes of it. Here's a couple minutes of what John McClain had to say about D'Amico Ryan's taking over as the head coach, uh, you know, and kind of changing that culture and different, kind of the difference, kind of comparing and contrasting what it was like when Bill O'Brien was there and they were winning games to what it's like now with D'Amico Ryan's and their winning games.
4: When Bill O'Brien was the coach here, he took over a team that had a lot of talent from Gary Kubiak. They went 9 and 7 the first year. And uh then they won their first division title. They won four division titles in 5 years. They won two playoff games, couldn't get a home, couldn't get the divisional round at home and lost in the divisional round every time. And but bill o'brien was never popular he didn't care who he made mad he didn't care if he was popular he had battles in the building with general managers and other executives behind the scenes uh, people walked on eggshells because they were wondering when he was going to blow a stack so a lot of people were not happy coming to work and i remember when o'brien got fired j.j J. watt put out a tweet that showed the roof at NRG stadium open and sunshine shining in on the grass. And he didn't say anything about it. He just tweeted that. Well, we all knew what it was about. First time we had him on a news conference, I asked him, what was that symbolic of? And I thought he might say, that was, that, why bring it up or something? I was about to say, well, you put it up, but <laughs> instead he talked about it. And so their last, Firing last year, Jack Easterby. They fired him, so he and O'Brien were gone, and that's when the organization started uh, heading in the right direction. They interviewed Sean Payton, they interviewed D'Amico Ryan's and others, and they hired Demeco because he played here. He was such a popular choice, and he's been everything they envisioned and more.
0: So I, I thought that was really interesting, especially when John McClain is using words that you heard from Hunter Renfro, walking around on eggshells. Bill O'Brien, where'd he come from? The same place Joshua Daniels came from. He created an environment that guys didn't really want to be there, right? D-Hop, he wanted out of Houston. He got out of Houston. They traded him to Arizona for like a cup of coffee, right? Dwayne Brown, he was their stud left tackle. He decided he wasn't going to play for him because of the ownership, because of the front office. Jack Easterby didn't want to be part of uh, that, that culture there. He said those guys are, are bad guys. Jack Easterby, Bill O'Brien, the front office, the McNairs, didn't want to play for any of them, didn't want to be a part of that. I mean, that's just kind of lets you know where it was at. Now D'Amico Ryans comes in, and, and guys want to play. Guys want to be there. Guys want to compete. Guys want to win. And that's exactly what they're doing. So the final soundbite that I want you to hear is from Antonio Pierce. It's actually the question I went into the presser on Tuesday and asked him about after hearing – from Coach Steve Sarkisian, and you'll hear the question I have about what winning culture on a professional level looks like to him, and you'll hear his answer. I thought it was really, really, really well done from Antonio Pierce. Check it out. When you and uh, Champ were introduced as interim GM and head coach, you guys talked about culture and what that looks like. So <laughs> what does a winning culture on the professional level look like to you? Yeah,
2: win, lose, a draw, the product that you see on the field is, is that of something to say, okay, well, they might have came up short. Like the other day, we ran out of time. That's how I told our players today. we ran out of time. And uh, like I said, you know, regardless of what the score is, the way we play, our intention of how we play, the execution of our play, the mindset of our team, that's what I'm looking for. And I think we've done that win, lose, or draw. Uh, Obviously, we, we were short last week, but then, you know, it's a new week and we're at home and we're excited
0: feel like it is trending in that direction, what you're looking for, though.
2: Yeah, I think the team has been the same win, lose, or draw. Like, they're not blinking. they got the same attitude the mindset. We're talking the same. We're not getting frustrated. We're not pointing fingers. Uh, you hear team, you see we, you hear we, you hear us. You know, and I think that's the key part about it.
0: So there you go. Again, I think everything that we've been talking about in this segment, I think Antonio Pierce just summed it up with that answer right there. It was only about 30 seconds long, maybe a little bit more, maybe 40, but you you get the gist of it. He's trying to build that. Champ Kelly's trying to build that. If they can do that, if Mark Davis sees that, I think they're going to have a really good chance of getting the job uh, long-term, right, the the full-time, taking the interim tag off the head coach job, taking the interim tag off the, the GM job, right, letting Champ Kelly and uh, Antonio Pierce. I think the jury's still out on Bo Hardegree. I think he's still got more to prove uh, offensively. They've got to figure things out. But for those guys and Antonio Pierce and Champ Kelly, I think if they can figure things out and get that – that culture trending in the right direction, like I'm talking about, whether they make the playoffs this season or not, I think that'll go a long ways for their, uh, their chances at staying around with the Raiders long-term. Speaking of, I'll have uh, Ian Rappaport on my radio show later on this afternoon, uh, and he's the one that I brought to the table on Monday because on Sunday, before the Raiders played Miami, he was talking about what Mark Davis noticed about Antonio Pierce and what he's brought to the table. So we'll ask him about that. We'll talk to him about that. If I have some really good stuff, I'll bring it into the podcast uh, coming up tomorrow, even though it's crossover Thursday. Maybe I won't get it till Friday, but uh, Ian Rappaport, uh, rap Sheet from NFL Network will be on my radio show this afternoon. So uh, definitely tune in for that if you get a chance. If not, like I said, I'll bring anything good to the podcast later on. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts. you that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. Before I get to that, though, do want to tell you about Prize Picks. And first of all, you're probably thinking, what is Prize Picks? I'm glad you asked. The largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. That the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. You against the numbers. You're not battling thousands of other players. You're not battling pros, no sharks. You pick more than or less than two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in just like that. And right now, since basketball's back, you can actually have combo projections. You can get somebody from football and basketball from the specials league. So maybe LeBron James, who's still doing it at a high level, and maybe you pick... Devonte Adams, or maybe you pick LeBron James and Josh Jacobs, or you know it doesn't have to be a Raider; it could be somebody else, right? You could pick LeBron James and Patrick Mahomes if you want. Uh, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey, whatever you want to do, it's a combo pack where you can pick someone from football and you can pick someone from basketball, and you can make it happen just like that. Prize Picks also offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Uh, right now, all you need to do is go to slash locked on NFL. Use the promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, slash locked on NFL. Use the promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Uh, Prize daily fantasy sports made easy.
1: Every day. Here we go,
0: Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, your calls and texts straight up that Locked On podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Went a little long in segment one and two, so we won't be able to get to all the calls and texts here in segment number three, but we'll try our best to get to a few. And let's start off with Jacob in Hanford. He's calling to talk about culture and how he feels the last three weeks we have gone with interim head coach Antonio Pierce. Here he is, Jacob in Hanford.
5: What's up, you? This is Jacob from Hanford. I just want to say... That the way this season has gone, the, last, the way these last three games have gone, Antonio Pierce has done so much for the Raiders. He's done way more than Josh McDaniels did in his one-and-a-half seasons. And what I mean by that is not necessarily wins, because obviously McDaniels has had more wins in that time, but he has completely shifted this culture. He's using the words that Raider Nation wants to hear. And he has us believing that they're not just words. The commitment to excellence, the pride and poise, those kind of things, those kinds of things haven't really felt alive with the Raiders since early 2000s. And then we had some flashes in the pan with 2016, and maybe if you want to put the the last playoff season we had in there with Versace, I don't know that I would include that because it didn't seem like. A team committed to excellence. It seemed like a team that was kind of back and forth and really iffy and we were beating back up quarterbacks and we were making, we were winning games some way, somehow. And we weren't a terrible team, but we just didn't perform like a team that was committed to excellence. If Antonio Pierce goes five wins, Mark Davis is going to be in a really tight position and fans are going to be upset with him if he lets go because this is the first time in a long time. It feels like we're really playing Raider
0: football. Thanks so much for the call. I really don't have to expand on it too much. Did a lot of the culture conversation there in segment number two, right? But it's, it's funny that you brought it up uh, the same day that I was talking about it, and sometimes great minds think alike, right? Uh, and I think that your thoughts on Antonio Pierce through three games, uh, what he's done, I think it has been spot on. So uh, really good stuff there, Jacob. Thanks so much for the call. I appreciate you. Up next, got a text from Tim in Oregon. Hey, Q, it's Tim in Oregon. I'm watching the highlights from Sunday. I noticed something that I think is hurting the quarterbacks and the running backs. In shotgun, Andre James' snaps are taking too long to get to Aiden O'Connell. The snaps are not crisp, and I'm going to say it takes a second to a second and a half to get to O'Connell. Tua gets his snaps in less than a second, I think. By the time O'Connell gets the ball, defense is in the backfield, and J.J. can't get through the offensive line in time because of the snap. If you get a chance, take a look at how fast Tua gets the ball on shotgun and how slow O'Connell gets the ball. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's accurate. we Would love to know what you think. Thanks, Q. I'm happy to have your show to express my thoughts and get the feedback. That's Tim in Oregon. Thanks for the text. And, yeah, I, I do notice that Andre James at times floats the ball. And maybe that will be something that if I remember, and I'll try to write it down, something that I can ask – on uh, Friday to Antonio Pierce to see if he's noticed it, see if it's something that they've been working on. And uh, if I get an opportunity, maybe catch up with Andre James and, and get his thoughts on it. Uh, but I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to get into the locker room the rest of the week. Maybe I can ask Vinny to catch up with Andre James and ask him about that. And Bohart agree he's going to meet with the media on Friday friday too so uh yeah maybe i'll get a chance depending on the time i gotta go back and look to see what time i know coach pierce talks at 10 45 in the morning i'll catch him for that but i also got to be at buffalo wild wings on friday for my normal show black friday style be at the miracle mile mall what could go wrong <laughs> right yeah <laughs> should be a fun one but uh thanks so much for that i do appreciate you uh, up next, got a call from Border and Raider. He's calling to talk about current Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh and his potential interest in the Raiders head coaching job. Here he is, Border Jumping Raider.
1: Jim, Border Jumper Raider, Raider Nation. Well, I saw this thing on YouTube to come across that Jim Harbaugh was uh, in cons- was going to be considered by the Las Vegas Raiders as their next head coach. I take it as rumor at this point. But if it became reality, this is why I think my answer is absolutely not Jim Harbaugh as the head coach. And this is only one reason why. I think he's probably an outstanding college coach, and he did well with the 49ers. But he doesn't last long. What am I looking for? I'm looking for a a good coach, you know, that the players want to play for. But I want long tenure. I want a long-term head coach. I want somebody like Mike Tomlin from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not him, but look at his tenure. He's been there for a long time. Maybe Antonio Pierce is it. We don't know yet. Q, been running with you since 2019. I appreciate you still have the hat that I gave you. Appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Q, and your family and the entire family of Raider Nation. Border Jumper Raider out.
0: Thanks for the call, my man. And I'm not sure how much I believe the rumors and reports as of right now. Currently, he's the Michigan head coach, and we know he's suspended for three games. And the final one is going to be this game on Saturday against Ohio State, which is going to be fantastic. You know, with that being said, Coach Harbaugh is always flirting with the NFL for one reason or the other, trying to get more money from Michigan, trying to get his money back from Michigan, uh, just trying to say, I'm going to take my ball and go home, whatever. I mean, he's just, he's just a quirky dude. Good coach? Absolutely. Uh, but he's also that guy that kind of wears on players after, the, you know, three or four seasons. And I don't know, based off the conversation we've been having in segment number two about culture, I don't know if that's what the Raiders want. I'm not saying that he couldn't succeed with the Raiders. Don't get me wrong. I did want him as the Raiders head coach before uh, he went and, and, and took the job at Michigan. I wanted him then. He didn't get the job then, obviously. Uh, I thought it would have been great, great things, but he didn't. Who got the job? Jack Del Rio got the job instead, right? And so we all know how it all shook out after that. But I was uh, highly on the Jim Harbaugh train then. Uh, didn't work out. Uh, I just don't know if that's what the Raiders need right now, right? They moved on from one uh, My Way or the Highway guy and Coach McDaniels. I don't know if they want another My Way or the Highway guy in Jim Harbaugh. Again, very good coach. Just don't know if that's what the Raiders need right now, but I'm not doing the hiring right now. I'm watching the Antonio Pierce show and seeing what he's doing. And he's got six games to prove that he needs to be the guy to be the head coach and so uh, I'm not really buying into the Jim Harbaugh and I see that you're not a big fan of the hire either if that was going to be the case uh, last time I actually heard uh, before they hired coach McDaniels that he was interested in in being the Raiders head coach but he won a John Gruden contract which was 10 years 100 million dollars and uh, no coach is going to get that anymore and MD is definitely not going to roll that out so that's what I heard I don't know if that's true But that's what I heard, right? That was the conversation. So, again, don't – please don't go and quote me. Don't have people on Twitter saying Q said this, that. No, that's just what the rumor was. That's what the report was is that he was looking for that John Gruden contract and uh, the Raiders weren't willing to give it to him. So he said, yeah, I'll just go back to Michigan. No thanks. Uh, Final text is from Raider Dan in Rochester. He said, hey, Q, just got back from the game. Uh, I was in Miami with my son. I enjoyed the effort. But the offense was way too conservative. All in all, I believe in the new direction. For the first time in a long time, there's actually hope. I've become numb watching this team the last two years. Why don't they invest in the offensive line? Year after year, it's a problem. My main question is if we do end up hiring AP and Chip uh, and the mean champ, do we qualify for two third-round compensatory picks? That's Raider Dan in Rochester. Thanks so much for the text. I do appreciate you, and I do believe that the Raiders could get some kind of uh, compensation, as far as uh, you know, compensatory picks for the hiring because these guys are interim bases, but they are already on the staff. So I'd have to get some clarity. I do believe there's something to it. Maybe I'll ask. I'll ask Ian Rappaport that uh, when I talk to him on my radio show this afternoon. How about that? That'll be something I write down and ask him as well. Um, but as far as the offensive line, I'm with you 100. percent I thought that that was the big mistake that Dave Ziegler and company made is not investing in the offensive line. It's funny. I talked to Lincoln Kennedy on Tuesday on my radio show, and he said, "Q." I've been on the broadcast with the Raiders since 2014. Ever since 2014, there's been a problem at the right tackle position. That's almost 10 years that the right side of the offensive line has been a problem. And I think that that's still the problem, right? The right side. I think Thayer Mumford did a pretty decent job. Uh, Illuminor did okay at the left tackle spot. I think he'd be better at the right guard spot. But they just need to go and make sure that they solidify that. I think the two biggest priorities for the Raiders this offseason obviously, they've got to make sure they find out who their coach and their GM is going to be. But outside of that, as far as players on the field, and I said this on, uh, on Tuesday show, identify who their quarterback's going to be and address the offensive line. Those have to be the two biggest things of need at the top of the checklist. They have to make sure that they address those two things this offseason, whether that quarterback's Aiden O'Connell or other. They've got to determine who that's going to be. And whatever you've got to do to shore up that offensive line is what you've got to do. There's no doubt about it. Thanks, Raider Dan, for that. I do appreciate you. and glad that you at least had a good time with your son at the game. It was a hell of an effort. Unfortunately, the Raiders came up on the short end of things. They'll get another opportunity to beat a really good team in Kansas City on Sunday. At Allegiant Stadium, so that's going to do it for this show. Uh, got a call from Sucker Free Raider. We'll get to that coming up tomorrow. Got a couple more texts that we'll get to tomorrow as well. Well, maybe not. Maybe not till Friday because we got the crossover edition. Uh, we'll be talking all things Chiefs and Raiders coming up for your Thanksgiving special. As far as I'm concerned. So until then, Raider Nation, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Love on your family. If you don't tune in on Thursday, have a happy Thanksgiving and you know be safe and enjoy your family. Uh, but always, just win, baby.